Okay, everybody, happy uh, Wednesday, 7-13-22, p.m. Out here, beautiful Champaign, Illinois. It's 86 degrees, few clouds in the sky. Um, but, you know, we're chilling today. We're chilling because the CPI print 9.1%. And I'd be damned if I didn't make a freaking podcast about that to talk to you guys. Because what have we been talking about in this podcast since we started it out? Inflation, 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 inflation. I keep saying inflation, but I'm not going to do it. If you can't tell, yes, I am fired up on coffee. I did not get that much sleep last night. So I thought it'd be a good idea to drink coffee at 2 p.m. And like I'm dripping sweat and I'm like super hyped. So I'm like, you know what? I, I need to make a podcast. I have to do it. So gonna do like I, I i prepared nothing for this really like i'm just going off the cuff i mean i've been watching the screens the whole day doing some work so it's like look i know what the frick happened and you know we're gonna we're gonna do some talking and you know the past couple days have been pretty freaking wild if you have not been paying attention um so i'm just gonna talk about you know what is on my mind i mean positions nothing has really changed I, no, nothing has changed in my positioning um, since the last time I did this podcast. So if you listen to that, you'll know what I'm talking about, but you know, whatever it, uh, that's besides the point. Um, and so, uh, yeah, without further ado, I got to do the uh, disclaimer here and then it's probably going to be shorter just because I haven't really prepared anything and I'm just going off the cuff. I mean, where I really want to hit is the bond market. I want to hit the currency market with the Euro at parity and then talk about some economic data we got from Europe yesterday and commodity prices. So I, I, I just counted that's four things I want to talk about. I say, okay, this is going to be short, but now that I listed four things and knowing myself, I'm going to go down some rabbit holes, so this may take a long time. But whatever, we'll stick with it because it's fun. We listen to this podcast, we get some knowledge, and we have a good time, and we protect ourselves uh, against the doom that these central bankers are, are bringing to us, um, you know, or whatever you want to call it. You know, we just got to get – because, you know, some, some news, I, I, they don't really tell you what's actually going on. In my opinion, this is my opinion. So I guess I'll, with leading into that, I'll go to the disclaimer. So as a student – I'm a student. I love the markets. That's why I do it. It's a little thought journal. I don't care if you listen. Don't listen to me. Uh, it's not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, not trading anything or selling anything. So without further ado, I mean, look, okay, today, what's the big news on the tape? What's the big news on the tape? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's literally the CPI, 9.1%. And now, of course, my computer freezes. Okay. No, it doesn't. Yeah, CPI print of 9.1%. I mean, we are literally expecting um, an increase of 8.8%. So 3% above average. I mean, I think it was on Tuesday. Yeah, yesterday, I should say. They literally leaked the CPI report. I mean, well, they didn't leak it, but someone like put a fake CPI report out there caused all this ruckus the white house came out and said like oh yeah cpi is gonna be higher to this month blah 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 like duh 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 we expected it we knew it was coming um we had core cpi coming at uh 5.9 percent versus 5.7 and core cpi what's that you know not including food and energy and i mean this is the highest cpi um print we've had since uh, 1981 on a month over month basis cpi was up um, 1.3% and see uh, like core CPI. So with food and energy, so sorry, not, not headline CPI 1.3 cores up 0.7. I mean, their estimates was 1.1. So 2% point, tw- sorry, 20 basis points higher than expected. And uh core was yeah 0.5 expected versus 0.7. So it's like, look, massive, uh, increases in rating uh sorry higher cpi prints 
And, like, we just have to think, like, you know, what are leading indicators? What are lagging indicators? Well, it's like CPI is a lagging indicator, okay? You know, they're coming out with the data for prices from, for the month of June, okay? So this, these are the prices last month. And then, you know, they're, but they're also, you know, taking some hits from the price before then because, you know, it takes time for these prices to work their way through the system. Okay, CPI is lagging. Now, when you get Philly Fed, producer price index, um, New, New York Fed uh, manufacturing data, those are real-time indicators. Like, the data was taken, you know, the week before, a couple days before, and consumer um, sentiment out of you, Mitch, is really good. And they, you know, you know they call people up in Michigan, like, you know, a couple days leading up to the, you know, the freaking survey. Okay. So the, those, that data is fresh, fresh, fresh. But right after this stuff dropped, I mean, literally fed fund futures priced in a hundred percent chance of a 75 basis point hike at the next meeting is coming up like the 25th, 26th of July, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So like about when I'll be in Oshkosh, but, uh, the whole point of that is, is like, and then they price in a 43% chance of a hundred basis point hike. what did we get today from the bank of Canada? Bank of Canada surprised us with a full one hundred basis point hike to 2.5% on their federal funds or well, not, not their federal on their, uh, interest rates. Okay. And we're just like, Canada, literally Canada's yield curve, I get, and that's a great reason why I have the yield curve. So we'll talk about the yield curve in a second, but the Canadian yield curve, I was watching it last night because, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big proponent. I think that Canada is one of the largest bubbles in the world, Canada, Australia, New Zealand. Then, you know, you have the Nordic, some Nordic countries, um, but, uh, you know, Canada's real estate has not come down since 2008. Um, they were barely, very, they weren't affected as much as the U.S. was from 2008 because their banks were much better capitalized then. But, I mean, I think that they may have their, you know, great little financial crisis coming up here soon um, over the next year. And you're seeing that when they do a 100 basis point hike in Canada and their yield curve immediately inverts, Okay. And the Canadian dollar, since they hiked 100 basis points versus the, the U.S., you know, Canada's at 2.5% on their um, f- uh, interest rates versus the Fed funds being at 1.75, so 75 basis points higher than the U.S. So the Canadian dollar actually went up against the USD today, which is good for me because I'm looking to go and short the Canadian dollar here. I mean, the, 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 you know, the price it's at right now, I'm not willing to get in. But uh, believe me, I'm going to be watching it. And I think the Canadian dollar short is cheese, especially because, you know, you know, if we're going short gold here, uh, sorry, long gold here, you know, it gives us a little hedge because, you know, if the dollar continues a steep rally, I'm going to get killed as I have been getting killed on my long gold trade. But, you know, it gives us, you know, a nice diversification. Plus, you know, we get the extra leverage Forex. Um so yeah, that was some like just you know major news that I, I I would be pissed if we didn't talk about it here. Um, so I mean, besides that, what else did we get? You know, mortgage applications down again for another week. Like, whew, I'm shocked. No, I'm not. Um, and then besides that, I mean, we got some like inventory data, but what I really want to focus on is. We actually, actually, you know, did see, I mean, look, uh, French, Spanish CPI one month over month, almost up 2%. I mean, last month there was up 0.8% month over month. So it's like, look, you can see the energy crisis in Europe taking full swing. Um, it's interesting because French CPI year over year actually contracted. Uh, that was forecasted to go up 6.5%, but it was actually down 5.8%. Um, so that is quite concerning. You look at German CPI year over year, it was up 8.7%, sorry, 8.2% versus up 8.7% last month. 
and sorry, 8.7%. Um, yeah, exactly. Last month, uh, versus the, for the year over year. And we look at the German CPI, like month over month, it contracted. The U.S. CPI was actually up. And the way, the way I see it here is, is uh, EU, EU and China are actually leading the U.S. here because they're, they're experiencing all these crises, right? And so Germany, German and, and all, all EU prices are just completely skyrocketing right now, completely going out of control, but it's causing crazy, crazy demand destruction. I mean, there's this uh, survey. I'll pull it up here, actually, because I do know where I am looking because I follow the data quite close. Um, what is it? Well, yeah, German economic sentiment. Negative 53.8. It's literally the lowest reading ever recorded. Okay? Well, not ever recorded. Sorry. Low, lowest since we've had, like, you know, the German sovereign debt crisis. Lowest since 2008. Lowest since, you know, the 1990 crash. And then we got to levels near where we were. Not, not as bad in March of 2020. Okay? So, German economic sentiment is freaking cratering. All right? And... You're going to tell me everything is okay and you're seeing actually deflation CPI going down in, in Germany when we know that electricity prices are skyrocketing. It's telling you there it's causing a crisis because prices have to go up because you know, there, there's this little literal shortages, yada, 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 right? But if they keep skyrocketing, it will choke off demand. Businesses will not be forced to operate. It will be too expensive, so they will shut down. And when every business does that, the, the market price will overcorrect to the downside. And, I mean, I, I think that you see that illustrated through our CPI print today when immediately I'm watching the tape when it hit, the number comes out, and great spike from, you know, about around 3 point, like 3% to 36 Tops out at like 3.69 or whatever. It's like 3.7-ish. Well, sorry. 3.06. Huge difference. 3 spot 06. Then it goes to 3 spot 07. And then literally an hour later, around 9.30 central time, so 10.30 uh, Eastern, literally the rates fall off a cliff and we're trading at 2 spot 9.1. I mean, about like a 3% move in uh, rates there. I mean, it's just like, that's out of the blue. Uh, crazy. It's like, we just had high CPI. What are the two things that affect bond prices? Credit risk and inflation risk. And so when you have our high, pr- the bond market is looking through it. And, and do I think the bond market is right? Yes. And I've been telling you, I think they are. When interest rates, when, so when you get a CPI print of 9.1%, rates should skyrocket and people should freak out and want to sell bonds. But no, we saw that initially on the initial, and the market came in and people bought bonds. They Sold the news, bought the rip. Okay, so what I'm what I, what what do I think? What am I making? It's like, look, the yield curve also got inverted because the Fed funds uh, futures were pricing in. Okay, now we're for sure doing seventy five basis point hike. Hundred percent. Uh, sorry, hundred uh, basis point hike is on the table. If they do a hundred basis point hike, the market is telling you the curve is going to be inverted. We will go into a recession one hundred percent. Okay. And so I'll give you an update here on this yield curve inversion action because it's crazy. And I haven't even started talking about the euro parity. I mean, these are just the main things I want to watch. Um, so look, we got two-year rates at 3-spot 136. We got 30-year rates 3-spot 08. Okay, so two thirties are inverted. I mean, just terrible, terrible uh, news. Okay, five tens are uh, still inverted. 3.01% in the five-year 
two spot nine one on a ten year. Okay, two tens inverted, three spot one three on a two year, two spot nine one on a ten. And look, the six month ten year is inverted, two spot nine four seven, two spot nine one seven on a ten year. So it's like the the, the Fed goes, okay, once three tens invert we'll have problems, okay? They said that's when we need to be worried about the yield curve. Okay, let's look at the three-month. The three-month rate today was up seven, sorry, 16 basis points, okay? So we're at two spot, three, six, 10 years at two spot, nine, one. 10 years came down significantly, about 50 basis points off the high. And the two, the three-month has been skyrocketing. It's telling you the three tens is flattening like crazy, it's flattening like crazy. And so if we just go, you know, three months out from the three month to the six month, the 610 is already inverted. I mean, this is flashing economic warning signs that the, our economy is, you know, uncritical. Like, you know, I was a lifeguard back in the day. We're giving this guy, the Fed's trying to give it, C, well, I mean, they can't really be trying to give it CPR because, I mean, if they were, they would not be hiking rates. And for the record, they should hike rates. I think that the Fed should have hiked rates last year and hiked them hard and fast. But you know, I'm telling you, if what they, if they want to have economic stability, they should like probably shouldn't be hiking like uh, freaking crazy here. But I rest my case. I'm not a central banker. Um, so I recently, you know, was hitting on the economic data in Canada just there. So let's look at Canada. Canada now, okay. Their one-year rates, three spot, three, three, okay? Third year, three spot, zero, four. Their one-year, 30-year is inverted, okay? Their one-year, 20-year is inverted, three spot, three, three, three spot, one, six. Okay, three spot, three, three, three spot, one, five on the 10-year. Their whole curve is freaking inverted from the one-year. I mean, it is ugly. Even the one, two, one and three-year uh, rates are inverted, three spot, three to three spot, two, seven. So, flashing massive signs of pain and uh you know work with real vision uh you know help manage a show there like you know come up with the stories you the research what we're going to talk about today okay that's a whole different story but uh one of the guys that we're having on today sent over a chart and it shows you you know and uh, cdx so credit default swaps and credit risk in the whole system it's it's credit spreads are widening. So when credit spreads are super tight, you know conditions are good, liquidity is there. Widening, people are you know freaking out, and uh, there's problems and stress in the financial system. And so when credit spreads usually widen, there's a high correlation between the volatility index and volatility will spike. But we haven't seen a VIX spike yet. And when I start to see inverted yield curves across sovereign debt, uh, uh, for off like for sovereign countries, I'm like. Holy crap. Okay, we, we uh, actually might have some serious problems and the VIX could spike any day. I mean, I, 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 I got You got to call it. I got to have a uh, podcast with Ethan Lewis on here because it's like he, he, he's the VIX trader. He knows how the VIX works. I have a good idea of how it works. I, I understand it to some extent, but it's like, am I going to be YOLOing on the VIX right now? Eh, probably not. If I see the VIX hit 20, I might I will go buy some options on it and i think i might buy some long dated ones at the 40 strike just to have some protection um because we know that's coming but my point is is shit is hitting the fan the <laughs> across the global bond markets and global markets um to all together i mean tomorrow we have some pretty important data coming out out of ism i believe um let's see thursday um 
you know, we have PPI and jobless claims, plus we have natural gas stocks. So, you know, I think that natural gas inventory is going to be pretty low. That's the only reason why right now I'm holding my position. Natural gas had a great week, but it's had a great, a crazy run up. And it's like, look in, in, in the, in the U S there, I think there are significant reasons why natural gas could continue to rise. But I mean, I think with, you know, and I think people may flock into their short term thinking that, you know, oh, commodities are okay. CPI is 9.1. But I do want to stress that this is a lagging indicator. I mean, we've been talking about CPI for a while. If you're not, if you did not expect a high CPI print and you like, you know, expected CPI just to fall off a cliff. I mean, I think it will over the next year for sure. Maybe not fall off a cliff, but at least go down to 4%. And that's some you know, serious decline from 9 to 4% in rate of change terms, which will have crazy impacts on financial markets. Um, I mean, we, we expected that. And so, yeah, I mean, we bought natural gas in at the 200-day moving average. But do I want to own it here for the rest of the summer? And, you know, you watching that gas, you know that it'll usually stay in its range bound in the summer. But, I mean, we got a really bad monthly close for June. So I want to be fading any rallies. That $7 level might be taking some short positions into this, you know, liquidity crisis. As we know, if there's a liquidity crisis in the markets, there are in commodities. Therefore, you know, futures traders, CFTC guys are going to have to, uh, you know, sell out of their longs. So that's just stuff to be wary of. I mean, stuff that you've seen in the gold market and you've seen all commodities, um, it looks like it could continue. Um, and then like the last thing I want to talk about is currencies and, you know, this dollar dollar strength here. I mean, look, the, the one the so basically we hit parity on Euro USD officially, you know, we've been tracking that here for a while. Um, this, you know, we're you the Euro and dollar are legit equal when, when we hit that, that is a, a sign saying like, well, you know, we hit that, but that's a massive uh, support level. So we could get a significant rally, like a decent rally, you know, back to like the one spot zero three on Euro USD and some of these other currencies, Aussie USD, probably around like spot six, eight, spot six, nine. But the whole point, what, I, what I'm trying to say here is the dollar there's a lot of pressure on it to go up. I do think we're near the near the end of it here, and hence why I'm hedging myself with, with being long gold. But I mean, I, I still think that uh, at the end of the day, we are in some kind of liquidity shock here, and the Fed is going to have to e- fix it by easing in some extent. You know, providing some dollar liquidity to the global marketplace, and so the dollar could continue on a tear higher. Like I said, we well, I didn't say this, but we broke that one spot, like the 107 level on the Dixie. Breaking that means, um, you know, there isn't real resistance till 120, so it's going to be tough to short. But I mean, I think on on any pullback, you know, you go long and on certain certain pairs here, and if the yen still has all this trouble, I mean, everyone, the whole thing is everyone is in on this long dollar trade, right? Everyone is in on it, and so the whole thing is is you know that's when you could see some funds blow up. That's when you could see people get themselves into trouble, and hence why the only thing I really want to get short on is the USD. uh, Get long on with the dollar. It would be the USD. Um, USD Canadian dollar pair. Um, but that's just me. And I mean, I, I just like want to emphasize how big of an importance I think that we get the highest CPI print for US CPI and yields actually fall. And on the short end, they, um, short, short end, I'm talking what, like, uh, one month, 
three-month and six-month rates, they actually went up versus the long end falling, telling me the curve wants to invert even harder. I mean, this is just very stressful signs to the market. One thing I will say, though, I mean, if you look at like a lot of indicators, it looks like we want to rally here. Bonds catching a bid. Um, you know, people might flock into some te- beat up tech names and such Bitcoin, what have you. But uh, do I think this is going to be, uh, you know, it's just a bear market rally and and, and people who are taking a bunch of short and, and, and we may not rally. I'm just saying on technical indicators, I'm getting buy signals, uh, short term buy signals, um, especially on like the S&P uh, and China. But that doesn't mean, you know, there, there's a lot of black swans that still work through, okay? I was reading today about the EU and US are going to follow through on more Russia sanctions. And this just hurts companies, which will hurt equities and it will hurt global credit growth. And we're already seeing global credit growth contracting. I mean, we're not even above employment. Oh, let's go. Novavax vaccine just got authorized. I own the stock. Let's go. Oh, see, that's why we have it. I mean, what's the, what are the shares doing after hours? Let's see. Uh, after hours. Oh, sorry. I'm just looking at the tape. My bad. But whatever. Um, after hours, no, no action. I guess the market priced that thing in. But my whole point is, is like, yeah, short term, you see a bounce. Eh, sure. I'm sticking to my positions being long gold, long neck gas, short term here into the uh, inventory number. I got to pull my UNG trade at 2350 and we'll, you know, we'll hold on to some, but I'm really long bonds here. The Euro dollar futures actually came in quite a bit, which is nice because the market's pricing in more, uh, fed hikes. But I think the data gets uh pretty freaking bad here over the next couple months. I mean, we got, we got some big ISM numbers coming out next Friday. Um, and we also have, uh, New York fed manufacturing data and retail sales coming out this Friday. Excuse me. So that those numbers could you know let us know if we're in this uh, crazy economic slowdown that we're getting from the real time numbers. And you know the UK economy actually uh, had a positive print on GDP, which is good. Like a lot of people, I mean, which, which is a good thing. And like you know we saw like some decent jobs numbers coming out of the US last week. So people are starting to go, okay, we're actually not in a recession. Like things are better than we think. We're just being very big pessimists. And I think that that's just the data messing with your head. So have a thesis, know what we're going to do. And we have a thesis, growth is going to slow down. Hence why we like bonds. We think that we're in a very big recession. We're in a big recession. They're need to, going to need to, uh, you know, the U, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on us now to have better economic growth. And that, you know, the, the dollar will turn for the worst. And I think that, you know, we'll have to see a lot of people selling out of their long dollar positions. So, I mean, I just wouldn't, I'd be cautious if you're longing a dollar and make sure you know a pair. I'd be cautious about certain countries, but also, I mean, emerging markets have gotten killed. Okay. It has a lot to do with the strong dollar, but that's a leading indicator for the U.S. Okay. We're starting to see these crazy high prices in Europe. I mean, German producer prices up 33%. Okay. Philly uh, Fed producer prices were actually higher. Data came out yesterday. So it's like, this is going to cause a complete choke of demand. And when that happens, you'll start to see layoffs in the job market. You're already seeing housing prices coming down. And, and Biden came out and said today, he's like, oh, yeah, the CPI is fake. It, it doesn't reflect accurate data. It's like, well, the CPI was 9%, bro. 
and I'm not going to, it's not political because it, it would happen if Trump was in office, would happen if Obama was in office. The Fed and global monetary authorities and, you know, reckless fiscal spending and years of irresponsibility is why we're having this. You know, it's not like one party's fault. I mean, I think that when people say that, it's uh, ill-informed. I mean, I think that Biden not allowing people to drill in uh, like national lands, you know, that, that, that has some impacts. But, and, you know, ESG policy from um, certain parties, more than others, I would say, is another just basic economic factor that anyone could be like, duh, it's just duh. But, you know, that's that's my freaking rant there. But, yeah, I mean, I think you'd be cautious, though. I mean, the VIX could have a, has a, have, a, have a tremendous spike here, especially with the crazy amount of volatility we've seen in the bond market. Um, not a lot of things are safe here. And uh, I just want to let you know, the CPI, yes, it's terrible. But you need to look through that. I mean, certain indicators on the past few months are showing that CPI wants to be topping. And, and you know, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm like, okay, I've been right on CPI, so let's check. No, but, I mean, the numbers don't really correlate with that. But, I mean, the market data that you're seeing would come uh, confirms, you know, this little thesis that we have going. And, you know, we, we, we made an idea, you know, let's long bonds. Uh, around 130 and you know we we went underwater but you know we're just a little bit early to the trade uh, well i mean that was my long-term portfolio but on, the, on the options trade we're, we were chilling but the whole point is is be cautious look at the data look at the markets interpret it from that then go do some homework see like you know uh, how are we how are credit default swaps looking it, or how is this company's um guidance going to be how are their earnings going to be the price the pe the p and the pe has come down but the earnings are still up earnings estimates are supposed to grow i think about 15 percent next year that's not going to happen so if earnings contract we're going to see a massive fall in stock prices and that will lead to massive volatility and then you go that could create a huge slowdown in the real economy so i think you know people need to be wary about that remember owner's equivalent rent is 40 percent of cpi we're already seeing housing prices start to slow in Canada, Australia. It's happening in the Sun Belt in the U.S. So gear up and get ready because when people see these these the economic, like the economy slowing, I mean you'll see like you know two sigma moves in oil. You'll see you know crazy moves in the bond market to, with yield collapsing, and you know people flocking to gold, silver. I don't know, but uh, yeah, these markets are nuts, and a lot of people. Um, are nervous freaking out or you know making big bold statements just read through the data keep your head on your toes you'll be fine best of luck out there and thanks for listening